Amen. Well, welcome back, guys. Thank you for being here tonight. It's great to see you. I pray that you've had a good day and that the Lord's been with you every step of the way and, and uh, has guarded over you and kept you safe. It's going to be a good night in God's house. We've got a, a good word to share together tonight, and so I'm looking forward to it. I pray you are as well. Uh, we were ready to worship the Lord, and so why don't you get to your feet tonight, and we want to pray. Just welcome the Lord here tonight. Father, we're so glad to be called sons and daughters of the Most High God. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing and just the provision we find in you. Thank you for the truth we find in your word. And God, we would ask that you'd lead us and guide us and direct us. Take us forward, O oh Lord. Uh, and Father, leave nothing out in our lives that you wish to do. Leave nothing out in this service tonight that you wish to do. And God, may you be the one who receives all the glory because of it. God, it's never, ever about us, but God, it's always about you. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. Thank 
that is what I long to do. I give you praise, for you are my righteousness. Oh, I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. Let's sing that again. I worship you, Almighty God. There is none like you. I worship you, O Prince of Peace. That is what I long to do. The song says there's none like him. If you're in agreement with that tonight, would you just lift your voice and just love on him tonight? There's none like him. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We rejoice in you tonight, God. Your faithfulness, your truth, the justice we find when we call upon your name, the help and the hope in the moment of, of tragedy, God. You're there. You're strong on behalf of your people. God, your promise to be with us continually, Lord, we cling to it tonight. Oh, in the hope of your soon return. Oh, we rejoice in you, Lord. There's none like you. Just your love and your grace and your peace, Lord. There's none. There's none who's loved us the way you have. Oh, how we praise you. Oh, how we praise you. You're a mighty God. There is none like you. Hallelujah. Praise and glory. Thanksgiving under your name, Lord. Hallelujah. He's precious to us tonight, church. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise if you wouldn't mind very much at all. Amen. Turn and greet someone. Let them know you're glad to see them tonight. So good to see our sister Julie back tonight. We missed her while she was gone, and uh, she surprised me. I really wasn't expecting her to be here tonight, but I'm so glad she was. Uh, her and Courtney sound so beautifully blending together. Man, that was precious, wasn't it, guys? Thank the Lord. Brother Dennis, we appreciate you playing for them and making them sound good. And uh, thank the Lord. God's good. Amen. God's good. 
few things to be reminded of as we get started tonight. Uh, of course, our men's uh, breakfast is this coming Saturday. Uh, it'll be at 8.30 back in our fellowship hall. We invite all the guys to come out and be a part of that. And uh, immediately following breakfast back in the fellowship hall. Uh, Randy, did you decide are we walking across or are we going to Gary's? Okay. Okay. We're going to be shooting skeet Saturday morning as soon as we get done eating breakfast. And so all the guys are invited to come out. Uh, if you don't have a shotgun, that's fine. I'm sure you can borrow one. There will be plenty that are there. And uh, we've got to skeet and uh, probably quite a few shells as well. And so you guys come on out and uh, we'll, we'll have a good time. And the Lord eat a good breakfast and then go uh, throw some skeet and have fun. The ladies, girls, you're invited tomorrow night. Uh, Sister Vonda wanted to shake it up this month and have an outing for the ladies. And uh, so they're planning on meeting. Marla, do you know the time? Six o'clock. Six o'clock at Sakura. I'm probably just butchering that name and not saying it right. Uh, but it's the uh, sushi, sushi, sabachi, that's what I was trying to say. Habachi Grill. Um, over uh, in the mall right there by the new little Mexican place. And so... Uh, you guys come on out. The Ardmore Commons, the Ardmore Commons Mall. And uh, so you ladies come on out. If, I should have had one of the ladies do announcements for me tonight. Vonda's not here right now. And so, uh, man, I needed her help. And so uh, anyway, uh, come on out, ladies, tomorrow night for Heart to Heart. It'll be a great time and uh, lots of good food. I don't know if you've ever eaten there or not, but, man, they've got uh, some really, really good food, and, and I promise you, I walk away from there really full, and so if it's enough to, to satisfy a fat guy like me, then one of you ladies ought to be able to split a plate or something, and so uh, come on out and be a part of that, okay? Prime Timers, man, we're the eatingest bunch of folks around here, ain't we? Uh, Prime Timers is taking off uh, this uh, June the 25th. Uh, they'll be going to Fishtails. Uh, the van is leaving the church at 3 o'clock, or you can meet them there at 4 o'clock. Uh, of course, Fishtails is in Tishomingo. Uh, it's an all-you-can-eat catfish and barbecue type place. And so uh, it's great food, and uh, we encourage you to come on out and be a part of that. It'll be a great time in the Lord. Our, our, we've scheduled Love Long Grove Day uh, coming up again for August the 6th. Uh, for, for those of you that are new to our church family, Love Long Grove is our uh, outreach to our community. Uh, during that time, we give away free backpacks, we do free haircuts, we do free groceries, uh, everything. We do a free garage sale. Everything that day is free to our community. And uh, people have already began to bring a few items in for the garage sale. And so if you've yet to clean out your closet and bring some stuff, uh, you're free to do that. The backpack showed up today. Um, I arrived home for lunch. Uh, this afternoon about 2 o'clock and walked into my, my front entryway of the house and there was nine boxes of backpacks uh, that were waiting on the front porch for me when I got home today. And so we've got a whole bunch of backpacks to stuff and to hand out to kids. And uh, so we're very excited about that. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, it's time to start planning and getting ready. A lot of opportunities, uh, things to be involved with, and so we encourage you. Very important date on the calendar is coming up this Sunday. Uh, I never want you to forget about Father's Day, being a father myself. <laughs> Need to remember Father's Day, okay? No, we're going to have a good time. Uh, invite all the dads that you possibly can to be here Sunday morning. I, I've already had a lot of people tell me they're traveling. Uh, I know it's vacation time. Uh, the McLemore uh, clan's taking off for a world tour. I think the Hawkersmith clan's taking off for a world tour. And, 
and uh, lots of different people's going. The Lamb uh, family are leaving, uh, but they're not leaving till Monday. So a lot of people are going a lot of different directions this weekend. But man, come on out. I've got a great gift for the dads. I think you all will really, really, really like. I try to get you something that I like, you know. So um, I always try to get a good gift for the moms and a good gift for the dads. And so we got something cool this year for the dads that I, I believe you'll enjoy. So come out, invite somebody. Uh, praise reports. Of course, Kids Crusade was last week. So, so very proud of Brother Chasen and the kids. Uh, they did an outstanding job. And uh, then they went, turned around and went this weekend and ministered at Soper and uh, did a great job there. Man, the Lord blessed them. Uh, the, the church at Soper right now, uh, they're without a pastor. And uh, so they agreed to let them come and do the Sunday morning and do the Sunday night service as well. And uh, they gave them an incredible, an incredible offering. And uh, I was so, so happy. And in fact, they were so pleased with what they had done. They asked him to come back in the fall, Marla, wasn't it? Uh, come back in the, the fall and do a kind of a holiday uh, kids uh, crusade type thing. And so uh, very excited for them, very proud of them. And uh, so we're, we're thankful for the kids crusade. Uh, they're at camp right now. Um, oh, I wrote it in my notes. Youth camp, brother Chasen said, doing great. No one has died yet. Uh, they're all engaging in altar time, and Jaden is behaving. <laughs> Those people right there know who Jaden is, okay? <laughs> uh, Jaden just went into youth this last year. He was in kids, camp, or kids ministries uh, up until this last year. And boy, let me tell you, uh, you need three people to watch Jaden at all times, okay? And so anyway, he's a, he's a good kid, just full of energy. Sister Vaughn and I were, were, was with him last year at kids camp. Uh, we went with Jonathan and Courtney to kids camp last year, and uh, of course Jaden uh, was there as well. And uh, I threatened him when he got on the church van Monday morning to leave to roll out for Sparks again. I said, do you remember how you acted for Pastor last year? You better act that way for Chasen or I'm coming to get you myself. And so <laughs> he, uh, he was, he's on his best behavior, I believe, and so we're, we're glad about that. Uh, another uh, good praise report, Brother Ronnie Burns is home from the hospital. Uh, he got to come home Monday. I uh, spoke with him on the phone today. He's in great spirits. Uh, he doesn't like being hooked up to all the stuff. He's got to be on another six weeks rounds of antibiotics. Uh, but he said that uh, them going in, they opened up one of the veins in his leg. And uh, they said the process of opening up that vein, he said now, uh, and he said my foot before was just a real pale color. And he said now it's a pink color like, you know, it's supposed to be. And so that means it's getting blood there and it's healing. He's got a wound vac and, and an IV. And he said they got me putting stuff in this side and taking it out down there. And he said, so I just kind of feel like the middleman right now. So anyway, be praying for Brother Ronnie, complete healing. Uh, Sister Betty, we're lifting her up to the Lord, uh, continuing to hold her up before God. Brother, uh, go ahead. Pull up. Yeah. Uh, I just want people to know that uh, we, we saw it on, we've got her chart we can pull up. Uh, but she started, when she started her chemotherapy the first of April? Yes. Yes. Uh, her, the, the scale they used, her numbers were, her tumor markers were 298. The, she had that one. Three weeks later, she went back for her second one. She didn't get the second one because she was tired. But in that three weeks, that tumor marker had gone down to 224. Praise God. And then her last uh, uh, visit, that tumor
tumor marker had dropped to 67. Wow. Yeah. So I'm thinking that's the good Lord. Praise God. Just after two treatments. Yeah. But I still think there's a lot of prayer going that's helping that. Now she's, I think she's getting stronger than she thinks she is. But, Amen. Uh, you know, she's, she's trying. And so and I know it's, it's still a struggle. But thank you for praying. Let's Amen. See, let's see God do it. We've been praying that Brother Hubert prayer, Lord, cut the blood supply off to those tumors uh, so they can't grow. And uh, so that's, that's what we're praying and believing God just to do uh, great, great things uh, in her body and in her life. Uh, a lot of different needs are going on. We're still praying for Sister Judy Friesen, uh, holding her up to the Lord. Uh, of course, we're praying for Mary Beth, God to touch her and, and just uh, let no more pneumonia uh, come onto her body. Uh, continue praying for uh, Kathy, Sister Kathy's, uh, both of her sons, lifting them up to the Lord. Uh, Sister Sandy's husband, Paul, was going in for a biopsy, and I uh, want to be praying for good report from that, and a lot of stuff going on. We want to remember the Curley family. Um, had anybody heard anything about services or anything? I haven't heard anything this week. Uh, Tommy? Friday at 10 o'clock. Friday at 10 o'clock. Okay. Let's remember the Curley family. Hold them up to the Lord and just... Just believe peace and comfort for them tonight and uh, just God to, God to touch them and be with them. i got a lot of stuff, but I want to give you guys an opportunity to add any needs or names, things that are going on with you. What can we pray with you about tonight? Marla? Okay, yes, let's remember Debbie, uh, Marla's sister. Um, she's, she's going through a struggle right now. Uh, some complications with her legs and so the Lord knows exactly what's going on and how to fix it And so let's just pray complete healing for Debbie. Yes, my brother Bob <laughs> I was trying to I wanted to make sure I got that right Right Is she is she at has she gone her time or? Close, pretty close. Okay, all right. Well, let's let's remember Rebecca tonight. Safe delivery for that mama and that baby, and everybody to be healthy uh, for sure. Okay. Anything else? Anyone else? Sherry. That's great. Amen. Amen. Let's remember our sister Brenda Norton tonight as we pray and uh, for the shots that she's been taking, everything to, to take effect and, and go well with that. And so, how's Nancy, Brother Don? She's doing okay. Okay, good. Okay, yes. Amen. Amen. God, God's intervention. Okay. Let's remember Alan tonight and God just to be with him. 
and uh, touch him and heal him. I'd ask you guys to remember Sister Vonda tonight. She's on the road, uh, headed back home. She was supposed to be here earlier uh, in time to be here in services, and uh, our little guy started running a high fever, and uh, she was taking care of him this week while Mama was at work, and uh, she, she was going to take him at 2 o'clock and drop him off so she could get home. Well, by the time she took him to drop him off with, with Jamie, um, they took his temperature, and he was running like 101 fever. And uh, so she said, well, I'm going to take him back home. And, and so she took him back to the house until Jamie got off work. And so Jamie's home now, uh, but Vonda's on her way, which means she'll be driving in the dark. And so please pray for my girlfriend uh, that she'll be safe coming home tonight. And, uh, and God's just hedge protection around about her. And, and, of course, remember Mr. Summit. Uh, I, he's going through a teething time right now. And so when you're teething, uh, that kind of brings on that fever uh, on top of everything else. And so... Uh, let's let's just be praying uh, healing for him, please as well. I love you guys. Yes, my sister. Okay. 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 Be praying. All right, Miss Linda. Okay, we'll be praying for us, sis. We sure will. I believe in a God who hears and answers prayer tonight. How about you? Amen. I believe in a God who loves us, who, who wants to meet our every need, and, and who's, who's guarding over us tonight. That's the one I believe in. That's the one I trust in. And so that's who we go to when we pray, right? Uh, we're not praying to a God who can't. We're praying to a God who can't. And uh, so we want to believe and trust Him. Why don't we stand together tonight, and uh, let's just carry these things to the Lord. If, uh, as always, if God's placed someone on your heart in the room, you want to go to them and lay hands on them, that's always just right and in order. And uh, so feel free to do that, but let's pray together. Father, we love you. Uh, we thank you tonight in this room uh, for the opportunity to blend our hearts and our prayers together. Uh, God, we, we thank you for the, the strength that we find when we call upon your name. We thank you, God, that you hear and that you answer our prayers. Uh, and Lord, I pray tonight over every one of these needs and every one of these names. I pray for Brother Ronnie tonight. God, I'd ask you to touch him, uh, to heal him, just cause this infection to be completely gone. Uh, Lord, I pray for this process to go quickly for him. Uh, and Lord, for him to not grow weary. Uh, we pray for Rebecca tonight. We pray for this unborn baby. Uh, we pray for a safe delivery for mother and child. Be with them. Uh, God, we pray for, for all of our friends and family members. We pray for sisters and daughters and brothers and uh, uh, just those who are, we love and we care about. God, I, I ask you, God, tonight to intervene on their behalf. God, we speak complete and total healing. Uh, God, that you would that know they're rising up from their lying back down. And God, you would intervene on their behalf. Uh, Lord, I, I pray travel mercies about my wife tonight. Keep her safe, Lord, as she journeys to be home. Uh, God, I pray for a little summit. God, touch his body. Heal him tonight, Lord. Let that fever break and let it be completely removed from his little body. Uh, God, we pray for uh, Alan Murray tonight. God, we speak healing over his body. Uh, we ask you, God, to intervene for every uh, situation and 
circumstance. Touch Mama Betty tonight, God, and, and continue the process you've, you've begun. Just let these tumors completely dry up and go completely away. And God, we believe you. We trust you. Uh, God, we pray over the Curly family tonight. We speak peace into their lives, their homes, and their families. And God, we just thank you now for who you are. God, for all that you do. You're merciful, Lord God. You're mighty. Uh, and we trust you in every situation, God, in every circumstance. We believe you tonight, God. We ask all of these things in the anointed, strong name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a heck clap of praise together tonight, if you wouldn't mind. Thank the Lord. I love him tonight, don't you, church? God bless y'all tonight as you're seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. God is so good to us tonight, amen? I want to jump right into the Word. I've got uh, quite a bit to cover tonight, and so I want, to, I want to jump right in, dig right in with both feet. Uh, I apologize for running a little bit behind tonight, just a... a, a 10 different directions, and then we had a cat on top of that. And so uh, we had a lot going on before service. I hope somebody else had a cat. No, okay, I'm still praying for you, sweetie. Mom's going to say yes before you leave tonight. It's what I'm... Either way. Either way. <laughs> uh, that sweet baby girl, she said, we've got a new barn cat is what we're going to have. And I said, mm, you better ask mom about that. Okay. <laughs> Everybody needs another barn cat, mom's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's praise the Lord as we go to him and his word tonight. Run one more time where you're seated. Father, again, we praise you. Lord, again tonight, we thank you. God, we're just so honored and blessed to be your people in your house. And God, we pray that you're honored and praised through this service tonight. And God, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. How many are thankful tonight? He's a good and faithful God. And his word is true. His word is yes and amen. Amen. His word is a lamp and his word is a light. So says the, the Bible. Amen. The, the word is hope. The word is a, a hope-filled word for a hopeless world. How many understand that tonight? This word that you hold in your lap, that word that, that you have before you, whether it's in cell phone form or whether it's in paperback form, uh, I believe that it's God-breathed. Come on, are you here? I believe that it's God-inspired. I believe that it's profitable for doctrine and correction and instruction and righteousness. This word is God-given that the man of God, the woman of God, might be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, how many believe that about the Word of God tonight? And, and I believe tonight that what we need is more of the Word of God and not less of the Word of God, right? Over the past few Wednesday nights, we began a study into the Word of God uh, in, in regard to those seven letters to the seven churches there in the book of Revelation. Uh, we began by talking about the church at Ephesus, the, the church that had lost its first love. We spoke about the church at Smyrna, the persecuted church. We also talked about Pergamos, the compromising church, and Thyatira, the, the corrupt church. Tonight we dig into the Word of God to begin to talk about Sardis, a, a church that's described in the Word of God as being a dead church, or the church that I describe tonight as a church in the middle of an emergency time. Uh, what we've consistently found over and over and over again as we've opened up these scriptures and began to dig into the Word of God uh, in this study about these seven churches is that we can find a little bit of us as an individual and we can find a little bit of us corporately as a church in each and every one of these churches. And what we see through the Word of God in the study of these seven letters to these seven churches is that they're, they're both an instruction and a warning for the churches of the world today. 
I thank God tonight that God loves us so much that he would give us instruction through his word and that he would give us a warning through his word as well. How many believe that tonight? God wants to have us to, to understand with, with all clarity His Word so that, so that we will have an instruction manual. We'll have a warning uh, siren that sounds off. See, the truth is God never wants us to lose our first love. God doesn't want us to compromise. He doesn't want us to give place for corruption. And church, He sure doesn't want us to experience the emergency that Sardis did. God sure doesn't want Long Grove Assembly of God to be considered a dead church. And the truth is this, the more of the Word that we have in our lives and, and the less of the world we have in our lives, the more relevant and understandable the warnings and the instruction of His Word are going to be to us. And so tonight we dig into His Word to learn about that church at Sardis, the church that I describe as the church with an emergency. Find your Bibles if you would please. We're going to the book of Revelation. It's where we've been for Wednesday nights for about four weeks now. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says, And to the angel of the church at Sardis write, These things says he who has seven spirits of God and seven stars. I know your works, and that you have a name, that you're alive, but you're dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, that you are, excuse me, and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard and hold fast and repent. Therefore, I, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garment, and I will not blot his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray together. Father, thank you tonight for your word. God, thank you for the opportunity to, to receive this warning. Thank you for the instruction we find there in your word. And, and God, I pray tonight that it does more than just hit our ears, but God, may it take up residence within our hearts. God, lead us, guide us, teach us, and train us through your word tonight that, that we might grow stronger. And God, we'll never, ever be considered a part of a dead church. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed and said... Amen. Let's give him one more hand clap if you wouldn't mind tonight, please. Thank the Lord. I'm thankful tonight for the help of Jesus. How about you? No matter the storm, no matter the emergency, I believe that he is the source, he is the supply, he is the sure place we can go to to find our help. How many believe that tonight? Here in the text tonight, the Lord begins to speak to the church at Sardis and, and try to bring some correction, to try to bring some rebuke, to try to bring some direction, all in an effort to bring help to the church at Sardis. Sardis was a wealthy community. Uh, it was a, actually built in two different locations. The, the community, the, the city of Sardis was built in two different spots. The older section of the city was built on top of a mountain. And, and the city, as it began to grow, it outgrew that location on the top of the mountain. And so the remainder of the city, the newer part of the city, was actually built down in the valley uh, beneath the, the mountain in which Sardis was originally built. 
The church at Sardis was located in a dynamic, perfect spot for a church to be. What an opportunity to share the gospel. They were exactly in the middle of a wealthy, growing community. One of the things that I always encourage young pastors in, listen, when you begin to think about planting a church or you begin to think about going and pastoring a church, one important factor to always remember are how many rooftops there are around the church where you're going to go be the pastor at. Rooftops indicate people, and people indicate souls. And so if Sardis was located in the midst of a growing community, that means there would have been a lot of opportunity for people, and there would have been a lot of opportunities for souls to have been one. There was only one problem, though. The church that was there in that city, the church that was growing there in Sardis, the Word of God says was a dead church. Man, what a compliment to be said about you, right? Now understand with your pastor tonight, it's one thing for somebody to say, oh yeah, I visited that church on Sunday, that was the deadest church I'd ever been to. It's one thing for the church down the road to say, oh yeah, I've heard rumors and stories about that other church, that church they say is a dead church. It's one thing to have people say it's a dead church, it's one thing to have another church say it's a dead church. But when the Lord says it's a dead church, man, I'm telling you what, that's not much of a compliment, amen? That's what I would consider to be more than a problem, but an emergency. Uh, how many understand tonight that in the middle of emergencies, people are, are called on to take action when the emergency is going on, right? In the middle of an emergency, an alarm usually begins to sound. In the middle of an emergency, it's time when, when people really begin to work together to find the answers to solve the problem. I'll never forget the, uh, the, the time whenever the, the sprinkler line busted in the ceiling over the foyer of the church and the alarms were going off. Thank the Lord for Nathan Fincher driving by the church and, and seeing water rolling out in the parking lot and, and calling me and saying, Hey, preacher, I think you got a problem. You might want to get up here. Listen, when there's water pouring through the foyer an inch and a half, two inches deep, people get on the stick and they start trying to get something taken care of, right? There's an emergency situation, alarms are going off, and people are working together to find the answer. In the natural, uh, there's no bigger emergency than when a house is on fire. J just out of curiosity, has anybody ever suffered the loss of your house burning down? Sherry, you've been through that, David Marla? My mom and dad uh, house burnt down. We, we lived in Porter, and mom and dad still lived in Tulsa at that time, and, and the house burned down. They'd lived in that same house for 40 years, you guys. All the memories and all the pictures and all the stuff you accumulate in that amount of time. Man, what a horrific emergency. What a horrible tragedy to, to have a house consumed by fire. How many know that when a house is on fire, the alarm begins to sound, and people are called to take action? And those who answer that alarm begin to work to save as many lives and as much stuff as they possibly can, right? Now the firemen, they've got to get inside the house and they've got to start spraying stuff down. They've got to soak as much stuff as they can to put snuff out that fire and keep it from growing. But they're trying to save life and they're trying to save property at the same time. And then after the people and the things are taken care of, then they begin to work together to return as much normality as is possible. You want to get back to normal life as quick as you can after the emergency. The people who are involved in that emergency are willing to work together to find an, an answer to this emergency situation, and they work together to say, why did this happen, and how can we keep it from happening again, right? Right? 
So what we find then in this emergency there in Sardis, we're seeing that that we're going to work together as a community of believers. We're going to work together to find out what happened, what caused that emergency situation, and then prevent it from ever happening in our own lives or in our own church. How many will agree with Pastor tonight? We're going to work together, right? What we're after tonight is to learn from the church of Sardis how to not to find ourselves in the middle of an emergency. Some things I believe we can learn tonight from the church with an emergency. And the first thing is uh, we need to learn about their empty reputation. They had an empty reputation. Look at verse 1 with me. Verse 1 in the Word says, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he who has seven spirits of God and seven stars. I know your works, and that you have a name that you're alive, but in all actuality, in all reality, you really are dead. How many know tonight that that we got to be who we say we are? Are you here? Listen, I know it's Wednesday, but shake one another just a little bit. I need a little bit of help, okay? How many know we need to be who we say we are? Let me try that again. The Lord tells the church at Sardis, I know your works. I know that your reputation is that you're alive, but I know the behind the scene things. You, you say you're alive, but in all actuality, in all reality, you really are dead. I know your name says you're alive, but you're dead. So in other words, you say you're one thing, but in reality, you're something entirely different. You say you're one thing, but that's not the real deal. Your reputation is empty. You're filled with pride and empty works. In other words, you claim to be one thing when in fact you're something else. The Lord says you claim to be alive when in fact you're actually a dead church. What was it you think that was that made them a dead church? Well, I thought about this, and I prayed about this, and, and the answer that I personally came to, the, the thing I personally believe made them a dead church was this. I believe it was because they didn't have or allow the Holy Spirit to be in operation or in work in their church community. I, I believe that they came to the point of just going through the motions. Come on, we need to do more than just go through the motions, church. We need to do more than just show up because it's the night to show up. We need to be spirit-filled and we need to be spirit-led. How many agree with that tonight? Why do I believe that they were not allowing the Holy Spirit to move or, or did not allow the work of the Holy Spirit to be in operation? Well, I believe it's because the Lord says, I know your works. They still had works, but they were dead works. And I submit to you tonight that work without the Spirit is dead. Let's look at James chapter 2, verse 26. James 2 and 26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Right? Now, I want to focus on the first part where the comma begins. Let's go to the first part of that scripture. For as the body without the spirit is dead. How many know when the, the spirit leaves the body, the body is completely dead at that point, Right? When Jesus hung on the cross of Calvary uh, and he breathed his last, the Bible says, he declared, Father, into your hands I command my spirit, and he breathed his last. When he breathed his last, when his spirit left him, that was the end of the life of Jesus Christ. When Stephen was stoned to death in the book of Acts, uh, the Bible says that he looked towards heaven and he saw Jesus seated at the right hand of God and he gave up his spirit. The spirit left Stephen and he died because of being stoned to death. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, 
The body without the spirit is dead. What is the church, the local church, considered as? We are the body of Christ. And the body without the spirit is dead. A church is a body, and a body without the Spirit is dead. Church, it was not a living church. It was a dead church because it was without the Spirit of God. They had a reputation for being alive, but their reputation was empty. Church, I want you to understand tonight the, the heartbeat of this pastor. We need to be who we say we are all the time, everywhere, no question about it. If we're going to say we're Pentecostal, we need to be Pentecostal. If we're going to say we're Spirit-filled, we need to be Spirit-filled. If we're going to say we're a Christian, then we need to be a Christian. And if we're going to say we're a Christian, then we need to love people. We need to care about people. We need to reach out to people. We need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And those things are all done by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. We need to be open to the Spirit and not put out the Spirit's fire. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do you know what that actually uh, interprets as? Do not put out the Spirit's fire. In other words, don't scoop up a bucket of water and pour out the fire of the Holy Ghost. Don't snuff out the flame of the Spirit of God in operation in your life. Don't snuff out the Spirit of God in operation in the church. But be open, be receptive. Oh yes, we must test the Spirit to find out whether or not they're of God. But friend, we've got to be open to it before we can ever test it as well. How many understand tonight? We need the Spirit to move each and every time we come together. That means a Wednesday night, a Sunday morning, or a Sunday night. We need His glory to show up more than we need anything else. Then the reputation that we have will not be an empty one, but it'll be a true one. I don't believe in false advertisement. If we're going to be who we say we are, then we got to be who we say we are. Amen? What do we learn from the church with an emergency? We need to understand the empty reputation. Another thing we learn from the church with an emergency is this. We need to understand they, thank the Lord, got a wake-up call. Verse 2 in the Word of the Lord says this. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain and that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Let me read to you the way it reads in the NIV translation. Revelation 3 and 2 in the NIV says, Wake up! Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. The Lord says, Wake up and strengthen. Kind of sounds like Sunday night, doesn't it? Wake up, church, and strengthen the things which remain and are about to die. Praise God, tonight He gives us the opportunity for a wake-up call. Have you ever had a loved one in your life that you just wanted to reach over and shake them? I really expected Rick and Sherry to just give a thunderous, they raised boys in their home. I raised daughters, and I know there's times I've wanted to shake Jamie Dotson just and say, What's wrong with you? Wake up! The fact of the matter is people can get not only in a physical stupor, but they can get in a spiritual one as well, right? You want to shake them and tell them to wake up. You can see them going down this path that you know is going to lead them to destruction. And because you love them and because you care about them, you want to shake them and say, hey, snap out of it. 
Let that thing that's dragging you to hell go. Hey, snap out of it. Get a hold of the things that still remain and cause them to come back to life again. That's what the Lord was doing for the church here at Sardis. He gives them a wake-up call. He says that they're to wake up and strengthen the things which remain. Or in other words, get back to the nuts and bolt basics of your walk with Almighty God. Listen, I think the church ought to get back to the nuts and bolt basics of our walk with Almighty God. I think it's a great word for the church of America today. It's time for a wake-up call and to get back to the basics. Can you say amen? I believe that far too much time and effort is spent on the, the, the things that, that Christianity uh, calls a, a get-rich-quick scheme or a, or a let's-build-a-church scheme or a or let's-fill-the-pew scheme. Listen, we don't need schemes when it comes to reaching the souls that are lost and undone. We need the truth of the Word of Almighty God. Truth is churches are so caught up with with filling the place with people that they're willing to do anything. They're willing to try anything. They're willing to be a seeker-friendly church. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with trying stuff. And there's nothing wrong with being seeker-friendly. But the truth is, in doing so far too many times, we have gotten so far out in left field that we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. The church must get back to believing without a doubt. The church must get back to teaching without compromise. The church must get back to talking about Jesus Christ and Him crucified, a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost and nothing less. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. He says, Brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come with the excellence of speech or wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Paul says, listen, when I first got there and started preaching to you, it wasn't nothing but okey-fied, hickabilly words that were coming out of my mouth. He said, I didn't have no fancy words to use. I, I didn't have no education behind me. I didn't have much dialect. I didn't have much wisdom. But what I did have was the testimony of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going way the wrong way. Let's go back, 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 back. Ooh, right there. I came to you with much weakness and in fear and in trembling. You know what that signifies? Humility. I humbled myself. Do you know if we'll humble ourselves, He will exalt us? Do you know if we become less and he becomes more? He said, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but a demonstration of the Spirit and of the power of Almighty God. Listen, he said, I didn't come to you to impress you with all my words. I just came and showed up and let the Holy Spirit do what he wanted to do. Praise the Lord. I believe it's time for the church of America to get back to not being so impressed by our lights or our sound or our dress code or, or whatever may be going on. We need to get back to the place of being impressed by the power of the Holy Spirit in operation in our services. It's not about the wisdom of man or the things of the world that's going to bring true change. It's nothing less than Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit of God in operation. It's not our activities that we have to offer. It's not the outings that people get together to go to that's going to change anything. It's the Word of God being preached without compromise and the move of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. Yes, I believe it's possible to do both those things at the same time. 
We can still go eat at the hibachi grill tomorrow night and still have a move of the Holy Ghost. Boy, let me tell you, you would blow the guy with the tall hat's mind. Ladies, if the Holy Spirit showed up while he was going, ching, 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 throwing stuff at your head, right? Wouldn't it be incredible if the Holy Spirit showed up at our, at our men's skeet shoot Saturday morning? Brother Tommy hit a skeet. The Holy Spirit here. You was there, I had to pick on you. I believe we can do stuff and still have nuts and bolt basics as well. We've got to have some fundamentals before we can ever launch pad off that. Everybody wants to go uh, to the top of the line, and they haven't started out at the bottom yet. We've got to work our way through it. We've got to learn the principles and the precepts of the Word of God. before You've got to crawl before you can ever walk. Amen? What do we learn about this church with an emergency, man? There comes a time where there just needs to be a wake-up call. And one more thing we need to learn tonight from a church with an emergency, and that's this. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says, Remember therefore how you have received, how you heard, hold fast, and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I come upon you. I come upon you as a thief, and you won't know when I'm coming. Man, that sounds like another scripture I know. Thank God tonight I believe Jesus is the answer for everything. Now that might not work on a history exam, that might not work on a math quiz, but I believe Jesus is the answer for every situation. What's the answer for your marriage, Jesus? What's the answer for your finances, Jesus? What's the answer for friendships and relationships, Jesus? What's the answer for ministry, Jesus? What's the answer for life, Jesus? Here, the Lord tells them to hold fast and to repent. He says to remember what they had received. Remember what they had heard and what they had been taught. So what, they, what was it that they had received? What was it they had heard? What was it that they had uh, heard and received and been taught? Uh, what I believe was they had received uh, was forgiveness for their sins. Uh, what they had received was the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And for many there, they had turned their backs on the free gift that they had been given, and they walked away into something entirely different. They walked away from the free gift of salvation that came from God. Jesus said, hold fast, repent, turn around. I'm the answer for you. Look at verses 3 through 5 again. Jesus said, remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, and hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I come to you. Verse 4, you have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they walk with me in white, and for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels." Jesus says a couple of things here I believe are really important to point out. First, Jesus says, I'm coming as a thief. He says that when I come as a thief, there's only going to be two outcomes for my arrival. When I show up unannounced, 
When I show up when you're unprepared, when I show up and you're unexpected, only one of two things is going to happen. Number one, uh, if you refuse to repent, the Bible says, Jesus said, that your name would be blotted out from the Lamb's book of life. That kind of takes away that one saved, always saved mentality. Listen, if your name's written in the Lamb's book of life and then Jesus blots it out, how many understand that means you're not going to heaven, right? For the Bible also says that it's only those whose names that have been written in the Lamb's book of life that get to inherit eternal life, right? And so when Jesus said, if you refuse to repent, if you refuse to hold fast, if you refuse to turn around and go the other direction, then I'm going to blot your name out of the Lamb's book of life. Number two, Jesus said, repent and walk with Jesus in white. Listen, I think we would all look pretty good in white. I ought to pass out some choir robes on a Sunday morning just so we could test that out. Church, I want you to understand tonight, Jesus was the answer there, and Jesus is the answer here. Jesus said, I'm the answer. You, you can walk with me, be clothed in white, and everything's going to be okay. But if you refuse me, outcome's not going to be so great. We must enter into a walking, daily, living, breathing relationship with Jesus Christ and stay there continually. We must hold fast. We must repent. Yes, I believe daily. The Bible says take up that cross daily and follow after Him. I want to live in white every day of my life. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 2, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. Pastor, are you telling me that you pray a prayer of repentance every day? Yes, friend. Uh, that might not be your theology. That might not be the way you want to live your life. But, but I want to know continually that I walk in relationship with my God. I don't work, wake up in the morning, my little piggies don't hit the floor of the morning, that I don't say, Lord, I need you today. Forgive me today. Walk with me today. Lord, help me control my stupid mouth today. I know me better than y'all know me. Lord, help me control my temper. Lord, help me control my mouth. Lord, help me today. I need you to walk with me. And then there's not a night that I don't lay my head on my pillow before I ever shut my eyes that I don't say, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for protecting my family. Thank you for being with me. God, if I messed up anything, hey, if my mouth got the better of me, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I, I don't want to offend you. God, I don't want to put my head on this pillow uh, with, with any consideration of, uh, of the possibility of not being in right relationship with you. For the Bible says you're coming as a thief in the night. And God, I want to know that I know that I know continually that you're with me. You know when, whoo, Lordy, I could preach till about two tomorrow. Samson. It's always my illustration, it's always my thought for this, for this process. Samson slipped further and further and further and further away from God, and he never even recognized that God had departed from him. He started out with some small things, some insignificant things, at least to him, and then nothing happened. God didn't rebuke him. God didn't correct him. God didn't give him the spanking that he should have gotten at that moment. And so what did Samson do? He took another step away from God. And then he didn't get in trouble over that, so he took another step away from God until finally he laid his head down in a lap. He told the, the most intimate secret that he had to that woman, and she had all the hair cut off his head. And the Bible says that Samson didn't even know that the Spirit of God had departed from him. Yes, 
I don't want to wake up someday and just suddenly come to the realization that the Spirit of God had departed from me and not even know anything about it. I don't want to ever step behind this pulpit and try to preach the Word of God and get up here and go, where you at? Well, I, uh, because I would step on my tongue. I would, I stumble and fumble bad enough as it is right now, but imagine how terrible I'd be without the Spirit of God on my life. I need Him every moment of every day. And so Jesus is the answer for every moment of every day in my life. The truth is tonight, the only thing that the Lord had against that church there at Sardis, the reason He called them a dead church was because they weren't walking with Him. And He gave them a wake-up call And not only did he give them a wake-up call, but he said, listen, you guys wake up, here's the answer. Church, can I tell you that if Jesus was the answer for them, then he's still the answer for us tonight. We don't have to get to the place of an emergency. I don't ever want to get to the place of an emergency. I don't want to ever get to the place where where I'm considered dead or the church that I'm the pastor of is considered a dead church. We can learn from what others have gone through. We can learn from Sardis, the church with an emergency. Uh, We can avoid having this empty reputation. We can receive the wake-up call, get back to the basics with Jesus Christ and understand that He's the only answer. Repent and walk in a relationship with Him on a daily living, breathing, walking, talking basis every day of our life. Also that we're not a church in an emergency. I want to pray with you guys tonight. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to gather under your your spirit in your house. Holy Spirit, we're so grateful that you're here with us, that you lead us, you guide us, you direct us, you give us the words to speak and the, the season to speak them in. God, thank you for this series, and God, I thank you tonight for for the things we can learn from the church at Sardis. God, we don't point fingers at them because we understand that, that in even the church at Sardis, we find a little bit of ourselves and a little bit of our church. God, we want to walk with you daily. God, we want to receive your wake-up call and let it have an effect upon our lives and come to the greater understanding than ever before that Jesus is the answer for every situation. God, now be with every set of ears and every heart in this room. And Lord, please, please, Lord, leave nothing undone. I love you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, with heads bowed and eyes closed, Brother Rick's going to find us some worship, some prayer music here in just a moment. But before he does that, I want to ask you uh, if there may be somebody here tonight who doesn't know Jesus as their Savior. Every service this happens. Every service there's this opportunity. I believe it's important for people to know that that they can come to the house of the Lord or they can invite their friends to come to the house of the Lord and that they'll have an opportunity to come to know the Lord. And so what I offer is not a church membership. What I offer is not a a handshake or, or even lunch with a preacher. But what I offer tonight is a relationship with the greatest friend you could ever have. His name is Jesus. He loved you so much that he died for you. He went away and prepared a place for you, and he's coming again for you. And so if you're here tonight in this room and you've never made that step to enter that relationship with him, and you'd say, Preacher, I need Jesus to become my Savior. I'm just going to ask you simply to lift your hand. I just want to pray with you. Anywhere in this room, Pastor Gary, that's me. 
Thank you, Lord. Congregation, would you please stand with me tonight? I want to invite you across this room tonight to a time of prayer. Surely the, the Holy Spirit's begin to speak to your hearts as we've gone through this process of, of digging into these seven letters to these seven churches. I pray that it's began to speak to you the way that it's speaking to me, and, and I pray that it's helping us learn things not to do and some things to do. Tonight we learn not to become a dead church or become a dead individual. To allow the Holy Spirit of God uh, to give us an alarm wake-up call that we never enter into a, an emergency situation. I invite you tonight to spend some time, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. God bless you tonight as you pray.